I can't believe I have to do this again and set the record straight on something, but, uh, but I'm happy to do it. Um, earlier today online, an interview dropped with me, apparently was with me, where I was insulting and criticizing millennials. The interview never took place, never happened, never said any of those words, completely untrue, 100% <laughs> fabricated. I was quite baffled when I woke up this morning. You know, I've gained such a great trust and equity with all you guys all around the world over the years, and you know it's not a real DJ interview. If I'm ever insulting a group, a generation, or anyone, because that's not me, and it's not who I am, and it's not what we do. So to the millennials, the interview never happened. To the plurals, uh, the baby boomers, the snowflake generation, I don't even know where that term came from. The tequila generation, that's a generation I just started. That's a good one, you wanna join it. I always encourage empathy, I encourage growth, but most importantly, I encourage everybody to be exactly who they want to be. Welcome back to the Comic Book Bullies with Nerd is the New Bully. I'm your host, Leroy, with my co-host. This is Eli. Yep. And what is this, like the second week of 2019? Second, third, maybe? No. Fuck. Third? <laughs> it's been exhausting for me. I don't know. It's just like, man, we, I, maybe we need to do over something or just fast forward to 2020, one or the other. Oh, I, I just started. I'm just now starting to put 19 on my dates. So. Oh, yeah. I remember when I was a kid. I was a January something, 19. 80 whatever and the teacher would get mad at me and so yeah i'm <laughs> i guess people are still in that phase right now so you're still in that that grace i guess you're in the grace period until the 15th yeah so past I'm, the 15th I'm, I'm, I'm there's no excuses yeah because yeah. i was at the bank and they, they bitched at me for dating my check wrong <laughs> now if anybody should catch that, pays attention to shit. <laughs> at that point the, the bank should just be like we get it we know <laughs> we do it all the time yeah. they should catch that ahead of the mess they should, they should do training on that at the bank to make sure that doesn't happen and Eli, I just realized something. We're sheep. Oh yeah. Yeah, we're sheep. We we get caught up in trends, the mob mentality, uh, internet memes. Both of us fell victim for it. Did we? We did. I, I still haven't watched Bird Box. Oh fuck Bird Box! <laughs> that that movie sucked anyway. <laughs> Actually, what I was talking about is that Facebook challenge everybody was doing. Oh yeah, the 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 yeah. Yeah, you you know where you you put your first profile picture on there, and then you put your new profile picture on there, and you know people can see what's been going on. Or some people don't follow direction; they be putting like their baby pictures on there and stuff. And some people putting their profiles. Honestly, Eli, I wasn't gonna do it till I saw you do it. Oh really? Yeah, because <laughs> I was like, I don't do internet trends. That's not my thing. I don't do that. Then I saw you do it. I was like, ah, fuck. Oh well, I might as well do it. It'd be a good talking point to do it. So yeah, we're sheeple. We just fall for anything. Just this thing. Uh, saw a lot of. I, I put my MySpace picture up. Did you? That was your MySpace picture. Okay, so yeah. so when did you join Facebook? Like, probably about ten years ago. I was late to the Facebook game. Everybody was on Facebook. I was, I was still on MySpace for a while. You know. Well, and see, that's my thing. See, I wasn't on MySpace 
but I wasn't on Facebook. I didn't join Facebook to 2010. And people kept telling me I need to jump on Facebook because that's where everybody did. And I was like, you guys told me to do this for MySpace. You got me MySpace. You are not going to get me again. So I waited, you know, for it to get popular before I jumped on Facebook. And I was like, I'm not going to do this again. Then they yeah. started, then they started jumping on Twitter. Then they started jumping on Instagram. Then they started jumping on Snapchat. Understand something, Eli. And I think I told you this before. Uh, Facebook is for old people. Yeah. I, I mean, I was late for MySpace. I mean, I had joined <laughs> MySpace for a long time. And and then when, when I did, it was it was mainly my band. I, it was for my it's my band's page. That's the same reason I was on. I was trying to promote my album, my mixtape at the time. Because yeah. I, let me guess, your profile page had your songs on it, didn't it? Yep. Yeah. Yep. My, mine the same way. <laughs> yeah. And like, I remember looking back. I remember MySpace being a lot more fun. Like, yeah. <laughs> like, well, like I never got west of the our internet, argument you know. and getting pissed off by idiots on Facebook. Like I wasn't exposed to all the idiocy that i am <laughs> well you see know. back then you had other things like message forms you used to go go to you know the, the message forms are pretty much dead now you know it's yeah. pretty much all like uh, formal arts of social media like twitter and facebook you just can't go to like a uh, like ign.com and just go to their form and it's just you know page of the page of the page of stuff now it's kind of that that page is kind of dead now you know because yeah now just yeah argue against just, each other now, just, you know? Yeah, just post some shit, and then your friends would just friends would just discuss, right? And you know, just between each other within the close. But now everybody yeah. can see it. Everybody, everybody can, can monitor every something. single thing you yeah. do. Assholes I never even seen in real life are talking shit to me, and like ah, fuck this shit. Yeah, I mean it was cool, you know. Facebook when you first jumped on, you're like, oh, that's my high school crush. She still looks hot. I can interact <laughs> with her, okay. And then you see your other yeah, high I, yeah. <laughs> And you see the other one, you're like, okay, she doesn't look that hot. <laughs> because yeah, you know, I mean, there was that, yeah, running into exes online. And right. Shit. And that oh, shit. piece of shit oh. boyfriend that she left me for has pumped five kids in there, and now he's going with another. <laughs> I don't like yeah. the gloat, but that's the funny thing about Facebook. You can just see what everybody's doing. It's like you're, you're peeking into somebody else's life, but you're bare, some people you barely interact with. You know, you yeah. may see them maybe a couple years every now and then, homecoming or something. Yeah, like okay, should should I friend them or not, or or yeah, fuck it, just to feel superior because they're like right. sucks. Yeah, because I know some people I don't even like our friend in any way. I'm like, wait, I didn't. Even, we fought in in high school. I remember that. I punched you in the face. Fuck it, we're <laughs> friends now. <laughs> even though we make sure not to say anything to each other on actual on uh, social media. Because if yeah. I see him again, I probably will punch him again. You know. But yeah, uh, yeah what else we got from there? Oh. Yeah, let's talk about, okay, before we get into the other part of it, I do want to talk about this this rock thing. Okay, now, there was a lot of news going around and controversy about Dwayne The Rock Johnson has been going off. Basically saying how he's saying that millennials are snowflakes and they just like to get offended at everything. And some people think it has something to do with the Kevin Hart thing. You know, with Kevin Hart uh, wanting to host the Oscars. He got in trouble, not for a tweet. Everybody keeps saying it's a tweet. It wasn't a tweet. It was actually a stand-up routine people had an issue with. And that's why, you know, he stepped down from the Oscars because everybody came for him. And then every single TV show for the next week, he kept having to apologize, you know, for the same thing over and over again. He got upset. So this article came out, The Rock, saying that everybody is uh, a snowflake. Uh, this generation generation is too sensitive and they get offended and they're looking to get offended by everything. And some people are like, good thing, good thing Rock said that. The Rock needs to say that. Fuck these millennials. This shit, you know. So... Rock Addict said came out on his Instagram post and said he never said that. 
the interview never took place. They completely fabricated it, made it up, and just flitted it on the internet. Which I kind of thought that was the whole thing. Because why well, it's the rock, right? Why would they have a written quote of the rock? Why don't obviously he's the rock you can get a, a verbal quote from him or an interview a video or something him saying it but it's ne- it was never said so i just want to make sure i put that out there because a lot of people thinking that he's out there saying it and that's wrong to just make fake accusations of people i, th- I think so mm-hmm. so all i wanted to say about that uh now can we move on to the yeah. box box yeah. office part of i thought it was a bigger deal because it's like on our page or it's on our we got a picture of him so Oh yeah, that's all it was. <laughs> Honestly, because it was a slow week, there was nothing else going on. Yeah, I was like, okay, I thought, yeah. Okay. No, it wasn't like a whole big talking piece. I just hate it when people just put fake news out there. That's all. So, uh, that being said, oh man, do I have numbers? I do have numbers. Ah, here we go. Okay, so let's move on to the next part of the podcast. This is the part where we talk about the uh, box office numbers. And okay, finally pull them up. I had a hard time pulling them up for a second. Uh, Eli, you know the drill. Give it to me. What is the number one movie of the box office this week? It's not Aquaman anymore. It is, is it not Aquaman? Aquaman. It's not Aquaman. Nope. Yeah. Okay. What, what is it? Oh, I, I, th- I thought you were gonna guess. Okay. Yeah, the number one movie is The Upside. Oh, I don't know what that is. Okay, The Upside is a Kevin Hart movie. Kevin Hart and the guy's name. The guy from Breaking Bad. Oh, is that the guy? He's in the wheelchair. And, yeah. And, and uh, you know, yeah, it's one of those feel good. Let's let's be racially uh, uh, accepting of each other. Yeah, like the Green <laughs> Book. Yeah, you yeah. know that. Yeah, that that whole thing. Uh, yeah. Oscar, it's Oscar, Oscar season. It's Oscar season. I think it it, de- it debuted a little bit too late for Oscar season, but who knows? Maybe next year they'll bring it back again and they'll talk about it. Here's the funny thing about Kevin Hart. Like I said, I don't really watch any of his movies, but he always releases movies in January. Like January is his month because no one else gives a fuck about January, and he's always number one in January. That's why he's so big and so popular right now because he dominates the box office in January because there's no competition. So he's always does that. Now the reason I want to talk about the upside because here's the thing: the movie is actually a, uh, it's actually a remake, and not a not really remake. It's actually I won't say remake. Um, it was a it was a French film, a French film that came out like in 2011 or 2012 or something like that. I think the movie was named Intouchable. Same plot: a uh, black dude helps a dude in a wheelchair, and they help each other in life. He's poor. Something. He's rich. Yeah, he's from the um, hood. He's from the projects, and he upper class and you know they all help shows them that not not all white folks are bad and he show and he shows the white guy how to be hip because he's from the hood right yeah mm. he gives him dreadlocks <laughs> and some shit i don't know i didn't watch the movie uh but he, the black he guy puts that, on a do-rag at some point right you're the man now dog <laughs> yeah <laughs> i don't know why i love that fucking movie <laughs> Uh, the, okay, so the black dude in that French movie was Bishop in in a uh, not Juice, uh, Days of Future Past. That's right. Juice, holy sh! I just bought that for <laughs> five bucks on Voodoo. Did I haven't you? watched it yet. Yeah, it was they had a sale on, on Voodoo. I need to get it, that. It, it was. It was a sale like a couple of weekends ago. Oh, I was like, holy oh, shit, Juice! I haven't seen this in forever, and it's I only seen five Juice bucks. In so long. My favorite line <laughs> from that movie when uh. When Ice T was about to shoot that guy, and he said, "I want to shoot you so bad, my dick's hard." I'm like, wait, wait, no, that's that's New Jack City. Oh yeah, that's right. I'm getting the movies mixed up. 
Juice is Tupac. That's right. Juice is Tupac. Okay, I'm just yeah. going to hand over my black card. That's it. Yeah. Chinatown. <laughs> Riverside. Pop. Riverside, no, no. motherfucker. Yeah. Daniel Jackson was in it. He was, yeah. Gonna get him some of that P-Funk. Yeah. <laughs> he's, oh, he wasn't he like macking on all the, the, the underage girls. Damn. He was, wasn't he? Yeah, you can't get away with it nowadays. They're really Damn, I, I, yeah, he, yeah, he was. Can I can I admit something for a second? The other day I actually listened to an R. Kelly song. And, oh, did you? And felt guilty about it. Did you? Oh, I okay. did. It popped up on YouTube and I was watching. I was like, I want to change the channel, but this song is so good. <laughs> you know what? Fuck everybody bitching about <laughs> R. Kelly, man. You got like you didn't know he was doing that shit for the past 20 years. And now you're bitching and making a big stick. Fuck all y'all. Right. You know? But here's the thing. Here's the we thing. We all dude. knew how old Aaliyah was. Right, <laughs> he was like, you didn't know that shit. Right, she, and they have written documents and all this shit. stuff. They have a fucking tape. Did you ever see the tape? I never saw the tape. No, I, I saw I, the I, tape. It was fucked up. I probably shouldn't admit to that because actually I can get arrested <laughs> even admitting I even saw the tape. But yeah, I saw the tape. <laughs> so, I, I, I saw the Dave Chappelle skit, <laughs> <laughs> which was also really fucked up after you see the tape, or even if you had. And that was tape. what ten years ago. That was like and 10 you guys. Years are, ago. Yeah, and they, and there's now they're starting to bitch. Now you have an issue with it. Wait, wait. Here's the thing: they started it. They, this is a this is gonna be a thing. Like this is just open up the floodgates of 2019 because okay, they did R. Kelly right. Guess who they're doing next? Uh, Michael Jackson. Jackson. Oh, well, yeah, the, and they did. They already did Michael Jackson. They've done <laughs> plenty of Michael Jackson, but this is gonna be like some big, you know, rollout deal because people are paying. But I, honestly, I think what it is: every ten years, people forget. That's what it is. Like, we knew about this stuff 10 years ago with R. Kelly. And 10 years before that, we knew this stuff about R. Kelly. But every now and then, we forget. And then they put this stuff again. You got a whole new generation that probably hasn't heard of this or don't know about it or maybe heard rumors about it. And I was right there in their face. You know. Yeah, The Rock was right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Even though he didn't they, say it, but yeah. <laughs> but he's right if he did. <laughs> <laughs> well, whoever said it, maybe whoever said that, you were right. <laughs> they need something to bitch about. So let's right. bitch you, about music you don't even listen to. <laughs> right. <laughs> and now you're gonna tell everybody not to listen, not not to listen to it anymore. <laughs> right. But here's the thing: they're they're really coming at R. Kelly. Here's the thing. Okay. So for the last twenty years, only BET has been reporting this stuff about R. Kelly. So. No one cares. But this Friday, Dateline is doing a report on R. Kelly. So he's okay. he's hit the big time. <laughs> yeah. So, so what's that? What's the uh, twenty one Jump Street? So white people, it's affected white people now. <laughs> yeah, now right. people need to give a shit. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to say it. I'm glad. I'm glad you said it because I, I didn't want to say. It. Oh, we keep it real. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, man. So, yeah, R. Kelly. And, and here's the thing about it. Like, I hate to keep going, but I'm going to talk about this anyway because I want to talk about it. So we're talking about R. Kelly now. Let's talk about this whole Bill Cosby thing. And I may have done research on this. Okay. Now. Let's just go there, man. Let's just, <laughs> let's just go yeah. there. Don't Bill worry. Cosby, we will eventually talk about Kevin comics. Spacey. Let's bring him on. <laughs> we will eventually talk about comics in a second, but I just want to get this out of the way. Now, the reason I'm going to talk about Bill Cosby is because I find something very, very interesting about it. Now, like I said, Bill Cosby been doing this shit for like 50 years, right? But why yeah. now they're doing it? Well, the reason they're doing it now, not because of that bullshit that everybody is saying that uh, he's trying to buy NBC. No, that was bullshit. Maybe if he was trying to buy NBC, they, they're not trying to take him down for that. He was actually taken down by a stand-up comedian. 
Yeah, Hannibal Buress. Hannibal Buress, yeah. yeah. He made a yeah. joke on stage about Bill Cosby, and then they started, and apparently they were saying it was like a, a well-known rumor, just like this R. Kelly shit. Bill Cosby was a well-known rumor for, for years, and nobody did anything about it. So when he put that joke out there, that's when they started doing investigations on him and got him. So when his dateline hit, they're gonna finally come after R. Kelly. It's it's gonna be it's gonna be interesting to see what happens from that. So we'll we'll see how his twenty nineteen goes. Yeah. Okay. Well, I never gave a fuck about R. Kelly, so I, it's like no. no sweat off my nuts. R. Kelly was our problem. He's black people's yeah. problem. <laughs> you know, what... I mean, hey, you know, I'm native. I gotta live vicariously through the <laughs> black community. I gotta like you know, <laughs> it's either white or not white and it white meant black so i <laughs> <laughs> so Makes i had to sense. ride your guys i had to ride the coattails but i was but even r kelly i was too metal for that you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah i can't see I, you doing metal and then you know my mind telling me no yeah, i mean i, I thought that. that was it the booty, booty. <laughs> right. i thought that was funny <laughs> right <laughs> but that was that's probably the only r kelly song i know this is the movie song. Yeah. And the thing is, he's been laying these these things out for like he calls up the Pied Piper of R and B. Anybody knows the story of the Pied Piper, the guy plays music to lure kids to do what he wants to do, you know, to take your kids away. And oh no way. Fucking yeah. Egg. Okay, Eli, what's going <laughs> on? Damn, where we at, man? We're yeah, just... where's what's number two on the box office? Yeah, I'm gonna turn the light on, man. It's I don't know where dark. the hell we went from Kevin Hart <laughs> <laughs> to this. <laughs> Oh. Yeah, man, it's getting dark in this basement, man. We gotta come back upstairs. Okay, <laughs> yeah, let, let's go. Okay, let's let's get back to actual comic books now. We got a whole we got a whole plate. Okay, uh, so number two, and I just keep going is Aquaman. Uh, number three is A Dog's Way Home. Oh. Okay. Uh, number four is Spider Man Into the Spider Verse. Still hanging in there, breaking them out. Uh, number five, Escape Room. That movie you said that did something. Uh, it's, not a, it's not a Christian movie. Not a Christian movie, even though I thought it was. <laughs> Number six, Mary Poppins, y'all. Number seven, Bumblebee. And number eight, uh, On the Basis of Sex. I thought it was like a freaky deaky movie with uh, that chick from Star Wars Rogue One. But actually, she's playing like Charlotte Gainsbourg. So I'm like, oh, man. Oh, Ruth Ruth Bader Ginsburg. Oh, yeah, her. Her, too. Yeah. yeah. RGB. One of them. Where were we at? Number nine, The Mule. Clint Eastwood. And... Numbers ten, uh, Vice. I completely forgot what that movie was. I don't care. Vice. Uh, what was Vice? I don't care. Remember, it's not a SWAT team. I don't think so. Oh, Vice is the the Dick Cheney movie with Christian Bale. Oh yeah, yeah. that's what Satan told him to do it. Yeah, yeah. He thought he thanked Satan on on TV, and the Church yeah. of Satan tweeted, "Thank you back." <laughs> I mean, you're welcome. <laughs> like, okay. Funny. That's the interesting way to start 2019, Batman, thanks to Satan. Uh, I think we just spoiled Batman Damn 3. But anyway, uh, Aquaman, let's talk about Aquaman for a second. Let's get into it. Okay, so Aquaman right now, worldwide, right now is at $1 billion, uh, $21,547.95. I don't know. It's up there. It's crossed a billion. It's up there, and currently it is, as far as DC movies, it has passed The Dark Knight. So and it's Christopher Dark. Christopher Nolan's Dark Knight. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Not so, Dark. What made more Dark Knight or Dark Knight Rises? Dark Knight Rises made more money actually. Okay. And I hate to get dark and morbid, but Dark Knight Rises actually supposed to make even more money than what it made. But remember what happened the opening weekend of Dark Knight Rises? Yeah. 
Yeah. Yeah. I'm not gonna go into it. That's what happened. But and it hurt the box office because I know specifically people that said I'm not going to the theater because there might be some more nut jobs out there doing it. You know. Either way, it still hit, you know, a billion dollars, but it only like barely outgrossed the Dark Knight. You know, Warner Brothers did kind of look at that like uh, it didn't do the numbers we wanted to. But, you know, after that situation happened, what do you expect? So Aquaman has passed the Dark Knight and Eli, with the way the numbers are looking, it's probably going to pass the Dark Knight Rises next week. Like I'm 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 guaranteeing it. I'm not going to pork chop, but yeah, it's going to happen. So. So that's what we're saying. Like I said, we, we talked about this and we knew it was going to eventually happen. And we talked briefly about it. But Eli, let's let's break the numbers down. Like, how did Aquaman hit a billion dollars? I know chicks... you guys talked about it on Geek's ass, but, you know. <laughs> well, yeah, we, we were just talking about, like, Jason Momoa is, like, probably the very first Native American movie star we've ever had. Okay. But, okay. Um, but I'm, I'm going because... to elaborate on that, but I'm, I'm going to let you I'm yeah. gonna let you finish. Yeah, it, uh, but it ain't because of us. You know, there's only like 10 natives left on Earth. You know, we're an endangered species, so it ain't our money. <laughs> <laughs> like the community, like, just flocked to it. You know. Yeah. <laughs> what so, am I going to wear to the Aquaman movie? You know, it wasn't like that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it ain't because of natives. I, we just made that observation, you know. Yeah. <laughs> but um, I think it's women, I mean, and, and, and China. <laughs> Women in China. Yeah, women in China, I think, is a big deal to it. And, and Chinese women. <laughs> <laughs> I'm pretty sure they're into Asian guys. You know, we, we don't know what, you know, Asian women are into. Well, I don't. Anyway. So. <laughs> but uh, like I said, to, exp- to expand on everything you just said, yes, you hit the nail on the head. Now, you're saying he's native, and I think that plays a part into it. But Eli, I'm going to go a little bit deeper with that. He's racially ambiguous. That's okay. where that's where it kicks in, because okay. China, I mean, like I said, and he's native. He's he's ne- he's never uh, not made it known that he's native. He's he's gone out of his way to make sure he's explained, you know, where he's from, where he came from, his ethnicity, his background, something like that. So it's it's not hidden. He's not you know he's not uh you know hiding behind or anything like that. But for those that don't know, when they just look at him, a lot of people think he's racially ambiguous. Like, they'll think he's racially ambiguous before they connect him to being native. Now, the Chinese market, when they see this guy that they don't know the race of, they flock to that. And it's not just Jason Momoa the first time they do it. They've done this before. Let's look at The Rock. Let's look at Vin Diesel. Like I said, we talked about this, like, the very first episode on uh, Comic Book when we first did that. Those movies hit big in China. Also, those Fast and Furious movies hit big in China, and that's why they hit big in China. Because they look at The Rock, they look at Vin Diesel, they don't know what the hell those guys are. So, it's not they're looking at white guys, and they're looking at black guys. They just see guys, and every time that happens, they flock to these movies. Like, the numbers don't lie. Aquaman is doing, I mean, you're doing, like, huge numbers in China right now. And I think it's a lot of part of because of uh, because of Jason Momoa and because his his racial ambiguity. Also, like you said, because that of women. Make it, that kind of makes like Asians sound racist. Now I think about it. You think? <laughs> <laughs> Basically, like I said, I, I'm glad you said it. <laughs> it's like, what? But do I come off as a racist? He's not white. He's not black. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> okay, let's enjoy this movie theater. <laughs> when like Black Panther, when they were passing out, you know, room spinning. From all the blackness, I can't you know. see this movie. <laughs> right? <laughs> I was like, shit. 
Oh, so it's not like that. But see, like, and I think that had a part to do it. Like you said, women get a lot to do with it. I've seen a lot of women have been posting. Yes, I went to see Aquaman. Lisa Bonet is a lucky woman. How is Lisa Bonet a lucky woman? We will not disrespect Denise Huxtable. I'm sick of that. She's like my first crush back in the 80s. So, just my mom is lucky to have her. That's how I feel. <laughs> but anyway, so we got a big thing about that. Uh, the, the women, yes, he's shirtless through half of the movie. Uh, racial ambiguity. China flooded the market. And, and plus, it's a good movie. Well, I think James Wan, too. He's he's Asian. And uh, I think he, I think he's. I'm pretty uh, sure he did some kind of, pr- you know, damn. I think you're on to something, Eli. I think you're on to yeah. something. Although, wait, he's Asian, but he's like Australian? He's from Aust- Australia, yeah. Yeah. But he's still so, Asian. Because he's talking like an Aust- Austria accent. He sounds like Chris Hemsworth or, or Mel Gibson. Yeah, he sounds like Crocodile Dundee. <laughs> right. Okay. Like, I'm confused, <laughs> man. <laughs> so yeah. so we had that going on. And and I'm pretty sure they market James Wan in front of the So they see James Wan directed the movie, they just flooded to it because he also directed the Fast and Furious movies that gr- grossed all those all those movies. Justin Lin. It's probably James Warner Wan. Brothers presents right. James Wan's Aquaman. <laughs> the visionary James Wan, you know. Starring not black and not white Jason Moore. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. So it, it hit all the points there. And plus it's a good movie. I'm giving it credit. It's a good movie. So it's not like a, like Venom grossing all those movies. I'm like, what the fuck is going on? You know? So you add all that, plus you had these extra, you know, uh, tan- intangibles that were attached to the movie. You got a billion dollar movie going on right now. That's that's just what happened. Um, and, and like I said, DC have accidentally walked up on a movie star with Jason Momoa. Like, they have a guy with him. He's been waiting to break out. He's been waiting for something to happen, and this was a breakout movie. Yeah. So, yeah, good for him. <laughs> yeah, so I, I think we broke those numbers down enough. I, I think we overexplained that. So, yeah, yeah. So good job. We'll probably talk about this again next week when it beats Dark and Rise because people really bitch about that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, oh, uh, what else can we talk about? What else can we talk about? Oh, uh, can I talk about Young Justice or is it something else we need to address? Um, go ahead. Okay, yeah. Let me talk about Young Justice. Like I said, for those that have been keeping up, Young Justice have been dropping. Uh three episodes a week on DC Universe. It's a streaming-only app that you have to get directly from DC Universe. Although plenty of people have been bootlegging the left and right, I'm not going to get into how people are getting it. They're getting it. That's all that matters. But I just want to talk briefly about the episodes. And like I said, last three episodes were like, like kind of dark, but these felt like more traditional episodes, almost felt like one-shots, but they did have like a, a common thread going between them. Uh, the first episode, you got the, like the Harper clones, like Red Arrow, He's out of superhero business. He has his own security firm. And Nightwing, want, Nightwing wants his help. But he's saying, if you're going to help me, you got to, you know, do security work for me for a while. So you got him and some other guys. And they all dress up just as security guards. And they get in a fight with a supervillain, you know, Brick from, from the Green Arrow show. And they get to fighting with him. And it's just funny as hell because he's like, why the hell are you guys in security outfits? They don't pay you this much to fight me. But they end up beating him. And he has no idea who they are the whole time. So it's a pretty funny episode. Pretty awesome. Uh, next episode after that was um, a New Gods episode, but it went to Apocalypse. Not Apocalypse, uh, the other one, New Genesis. And they picked up a new guy. They picked up Forger. He joins the team. And Mar- Miss Martian fights Malakaleth. You know, basically the white Martians are, you know, attacking the planet. And she's coming over there to help them out. 
The third episode was actually my favorite because you got the other three outsider guys that basically they do the same thing to Dick Grayson and Superboy and all them that they did to them in the first episode. I mean, the first season in the first episode, and they, you know, flew off and tried to uh, find, what's the guy's name, Geoforce's sister? And they go to Rayshaw Ghoul's Island, and they fight him, and Dick Grayson goes there, and this ninja keeps trying to kill him the whole time. He doesn't know the identity of the ninja. So Dick Grayson grabs the guys, uh, the team members that flew off, go get them, and Ray, Rayshaw Ghoul turns around to the ninja that was trying to kill him, uh, to kill Dick Grayson, and the ninja just says, Grayson. And Rasa Gu's like, oh, so you're starting to remember now. And it's kind of obvious who that ninja's going to be if you pay attention to the clues. On top of that, um, what's her name? Talia, Big Tits. Talia, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's funny. That's the only way you can recognize her. <laughs> who punched her in the face? I don't know, but I know she got big titties. You know? <laughs> and so Talia Gu is holding a baby in her hand. So obviously you know who that baby is. It's Damian Wayne. Uh, and so obviously if Damian Wayne is there, that ninja behind Ra's al Ghul that he's been training and resurrected must have been Jason Todd. So they set up this whole plot hole, this whole plot of Jason Todd's going to pack. They're doing the Red Hood. They got Damian. Uh, Batgirl has already been shot and in a wheelchair by Oracle. They Something that happened in the last two years. And her and Dick are, are living together. So I'm just, I'm just loving the show, man. It's like I'm loving this more than Titans. When Titans came on, I was like, man, that was a good episode. I want to see where this episode goes next. When Young Justice Season 3 comes on, I'm like, ah, fuck. I need another episode. Give me more. I need it. You know, it's just, it just really gets me hyped for that for that, uh, for that, that show. I'm just ready for uh, the see where it goes, you know, next, uh, the next three episodes. So, cool. Yeah. Uh, all I got on that. What else we got on the plate, Eli? I know it's something I'm missing. Um, shit, where's your list? We going into video video game shit yet? Not yet. One more thing I want to talk about. Okay, before we get, we're gonna to go to video game shit. Let's talk about Dragon Ball Z. Okay. Now, the reason I want to talk about Dragon Ball Z because for those some of you know that what is that movie called? Dragon Ball Z Super Brawly. I'm probably fucking the name up. But anyway, there's a new that's Dragon that's Ball movie coming yeah, out. Yeah, in the theaters uh, this this Wednesday. And Eli, I was bored. And I was just like, you know what? I'm gonna go buy tickets. I'm gonna get tickets. I'm gonna go see it. Okay. Lo and behold. They were sold out. No shit. Yeah. How the fuck a Dragon Ball movie sell out? It's not Infinity War. Like, <laughs> it's just in Dragon Ball. But like I said, you know, I stay in bumfuck Mississippi. So, of course, you know, there's like one theater that has it in one, you know, showing of it at one time. So, of course, it's going to be yeah. sold out. I, I underestimated the power of Dragon Ball Z, you know. But people were telling me, you know, the last Dragon Ball movie that they had here, like last year, whenever that was, it was super packed. It was full. Everybody was having a good time. So I'm excited about it. So, yeah, I'm going to give a review of yeah. this Dragon Ball Z movie next week. It's going to be the first time we ever did any anime on this podcast because we don't do anime on here. But Dragon Ball Z gets an exception. It gets a pass, you know. Yeah, my, my kid's excited about it. Yeah. Like, he's... Yeah, you all should talk. You should. Yeah. <laughs> well, okay, Jeez, you sit this. So you sit next episode out. Go smoke a cigarette. He'll fill in for you, and we'll just do a Dragon Ball yeah, episode. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Yeah, you guys probably could because he's been. <laughs> yeah, he's all about that shit. Like his computer, his gamer tag was Android eighteen or whatever. Okay, I want to talk <laughs> bad about him, but my. Twitter handle is Majin Spade, so that's also from Dragon Ball. You know, Majin basically means evil in Japanese, so I don't know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Brawley. I mean, we. I remember he had he had like the fig. Yeah, we. I, 
Oh yeah, one Christmas I had to like order a bunch of imported uh, figures because they don't make them. They don't make Dragon Ball figures like at Toys R Us or whatever. Well, so, I mean, because like, like it's, it's not in its heyday like it was like in the nineties or the early two thousands where Dragon Ball was just everywhere. You know, yeah, it's kind of on the downslope, but it's still popular because they come up with got some new shows. I don't know if it's still going, but that's what kind of you know spiked the popularity of it again. So yeah, he had like multiple you know disc set seasons on. DVDs. I even got him into the mangas. He had some of those omnibuses, those big thick ones. Yeah. Backwards. Yeah, you, you got to get into the manga. It's, it's weird because if you're used to reading comics, manga is weird. For those that don't know the difference between comics and manga, you're re- basically reading it backwards? Yeah. It's, yeah. It's, I, don't, I don't get it. I don't understand it. So instead of reading left to right like you would a regular book, you read it right to left. And Which so, actually kind of feels a lot natural when you flip through it that way, but it is, yeah, it it, it takes a little while to get used to it because you're used to reading the the opposite. You yeah. know what I mean? You you read every panel that way too. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, and, and it's weird. Like sometimes they'll help you out. They have like arrows here, like yeah. read it here, read it there. Because if not, because I get confused sometimes. I'm like, wait, what just happened? Yeah, <laughs> like you're watching a movie backwards for a second. Like hit the rewind button by accident. You know? Yeah. So yeah, some of them, some of those manga books will have a tutorial before the story <laughs> for us dumb americans yeah you know? okay okay dummy this is how you read this shit <laughs> here's yeah. some words we've been, here's we've some been making comments. comics for a thousand years before your dumb ass has started so let's show you how to read it correctly <laughs> oh well okay now can we get to the next part of the podcast because this this part you can actually join in now eli and it's the first time let's talk about the video game section yeah, sure. You actually can contribute this time. <laughs> <laughs> I can. <laughs> yeah, so that that's why I'm excited about this. So yeah, uh, this weekend, uh, both of us actually had a chance to play the Resident Evil 2 one-shot demo. So yeah. it's the remake of Resident Evil 2. I think the game comes out two weeks from now. It's a remake of like the 1998 or 99 PlayStation 1 Resident Evil 2. I think it had like, what, two, three discs with that game or something? I don't know. It's oh, been man. a long time since I played the game. But, uh, yeah, Eli, what what you think about it? Well, I thought it was all right. I mean, we only got to play like 30 minutes before it just stops. Right. And you can't <laughs> play it again. You can't go through it again. Which, yeah. like, what the fuck? Yeah. So, I mean, it's a lot more smoother, you know, but I, I it's also like, damn, I forgot how all the stupid shit I had to do in this game. Like, yeah. Finding keys and I, because what I found like the medallion, I found like the lion medallion, and uh, I was on my way to try and get an- find another medallion, and then I fucking just the game just ended. Like, <laughs> thank you for playing. <laughs> right, because you gotta look for this stuff and find out where it is. Because they don't really tell you where to go. You just kind of no. roaming around, and you just finally find something. Oh, a zombie. Okay, I must be going the right way. You know. Yeah, and it's like it's not like uh, like the later games, like you know the later you know resident evil the, the the later games got a little more action oriented yeah but i forgot back then that's what they were it was like searching for crap you know searching for clues yeah, they were kind of puzzle know? games yeah solving puzzles and finding keys to open this door to find another thing to find the the, the ruby to put into the statue it was a lot it was like yeah it was like indiana jones basically and you know um and the action was very limited i mean i mean there was there was that 
But yeah. um, but a lot of times, like, you were very limited on your bullets. You know, like, you had to conserve your ammo and shit. And yeah. sometimes you just had to run, you know? <laughs> yeah, because you might run out of bullets and you just go and just, you know, stop for a second. But then the later games, you know, you got zombies on motorcycles and you're doing car chases and you got rocket launchers and flamethrowers. You know, it's, it's you're right. It becomes action-oriented, you know, and it... It became like okay, these games are fun. They're not. They weren't even scary anymore. They were just fun. Yeah, yeah. You know? But now people were bitching about it too much. Take it back to what it used to be. I want it like it used to be, and this feels like it, like it used to be. You know. Yeah. Like, but they updated the controls where the controls feel like the newer games, but the the overall structure of the game feels like the older games. If it makes any sense. Yeah, because remember the older games, it was like a movie where like you, it, it was different shots and different angles and forward wasn't always forward right remember that like, you you had to, like if you lift up then he walks forward and down comes back that way and then the camera yeah. changes around the corner and honestly those ghost games had some really fucked up controls yeah but the fact that they had fucked up controls made the game scarier like more tense yeah oh yeah yeah because you might hit the wrong button and you couldn't shoot and move at the same time people bitch about that now but back then that's what all those games were like like you couldn't i mean it was liking it was basically like watch you were living in a movie like it it was like an interactive movie you know i mean i gotta say resident the original resident evil on the old playstation that's like one of my all-time favorite games of all time like one of the best gaming experiences i've ever had yeah, I mean, yeah. I, I was jumping. I was like, even my friends were jumping just watching me play it. You know, because <laughs> <laughs> motherfucking zombies or like the dogs or the liquors would just like drop down off the ceiling and oh shit, you know. Yeah, because like, that's oh. the, and that's the thing. Like Resident Evil when it first came out, it was a completely different experience because okay, it's one thing to watch a horror movie and to be scared, but when you're playing a horror movie, it's a whole yeah. new level of 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 you know tenseness your heart starts beating you don't know what's going on somebody might eat you it's a (laughs) whole new level of you know of terror i guess i don't know i remember the first time beating it i was like um i i I forgot like i I think i told the story before at least on one of the podcasts but like i hadn't beaten it was my first time playing it and beating the game i got to the end and then i started the timer before i put in the plugs or whatever yeah you know so um I had to fight the tyrant at the end without whatever. I needed something, but the, the timer started and um, I, I beat the tyrant, but I was all fucked up. Like I was on like very little health. So I was walking really slow and the timer had already started. So I had to like walk all the way back across the bridge over the train tracks to find the, the fuse or whatever to start the train. Mm-hmm. Like, I guess you're supposed to do that before you fought the tyrant. so i was like oh shit and i hadn't saved for like an hour so if i died i was going way the fuck is back in the day where you had to use the typewriters to save Mm -hmm. so if i died i was going way the fuck back so i was like my heart was going it was literally like a movie i was like (laughs) 10 9 i was like go go and i'm limping just because i had no more herbs or no more health and i was like barely alive and i'm just like go go and it was like at five four three and i got onto the train and then the the cut it went to the cut scene i was like oh damn (laughs) holy shit (laughs) see that's an experience you can't get from a movie yeah that's that's the thing that's a video game only experience that immersion that you get in there so that's that's what made resident evil so good that's why i feel like the movies can't you can't replicate these into movies i don't know yeah i mean that's the thing i think that's why most Video games movies suck because right. there's that personal experience right. you have with the game, 
you know. And, and they tried like with Doom. They tried to do like the first person thing at the end. I was like, it it doesn't work. It's it's like watching somebody else play the game, and that's no fun. Yeah, I mean, I was watching the new Term Raider in that part where she's jumping, crossing the plane and shit. Mm-hmm. And as much as cool as it looked, I'm like. I'm sure this was a lot cooler on the game. Yeah, and that's the thing. It was cool on the game because I remember that, that part was ripped right out of the game. And it's like, yeah. you're just missing that. I don't know. You're watching somebody else play the game. It's not as fun. Yeah. I was like, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to die. So, right. <laughs> and you know she's going to make it. When you play the video game, she's going to make it. Yeah. Now, it's, game, only, you it's only a half hour it. into the movie. So I know she's not going to die. Right. <laughs> but a video game, you don't know. You might die. Yeah. Yeah. There's that frustration. There's that, yeah. There's that. You know, the time and the energy and the effort you put into the game. And it's, yeah. it's a personal experience. That, yeah, a movie, yeah, the movies just can't but, get right. You but know? Here, here's what I'm concerned about. Like I said, the taste of, of video game players now is different than what they were 20 years ago when this movie, when this game came out. Because the thing about video games, uh, nowadays they kind of hold your hand. You know, they give you all kind of stuff. They tell you to go here. They tell you to go yeah. there. You know, back then they just dropped you into a... a, a you know, a house, and you say, like, okay, you just find everything yourself. Yeah. You know, they, they Metal required... Gear, Metal Gear Solid? Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, yeah. I, I, yeah. Most I people mean, didn't even make it out of the first room with Metal Gear yeah. Solid. It's like, fuck it, I'm buying, was it Tips and Tricks, the magazine. And the that's wall- the thing, <laughs> those games were designed for, you know, for strategy guys. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But the funny thing, is, and, I, and we never actually talk about this, all those strategy guy companies like Prima, stuff like that, they've all gone out of business. They don't exist anymore. Because nobody yeah. will buy them anymore. So it was like, what's the point? You know, just go online. You can go <laughs> online. Or a lot of these games, you don't need them. Like, I didn't need a stretch guy for Spider-Man. Beat that <laughs> shit. Just swing around. That's it. You know, this game, I mean, they give you 30 minutes to play it. It takes you 20 minutes to figure out what the fuck going on. <laughs> yeah. So, but for those that want to know a trick on how to replay the game, you can play it on multiple systems if you want to. I played it on PC and I played it on PS4. And if you have multiple accounts, you can just make a fake account or a sub account and just replay it if you want to. So, if if you really want to play it again, you I mean, how does it go? Is is there an actual end to it, or I don't, is it I don't just, know? Or just just you get thirty minutes and that's it. I, I'm, or people do you are actually make they, it out? Do you actually make it out of the police station? Or pe- people are saying there is an end to the demo. They're saying you can beat the demo. Okay. I, I didn't do it. Like I said, I played on PC. I had no idea what I was going on. I, I played again on PS4, made it a little bit further because I knew what was going on at the time, but I still didn't make it in time because the demo is still kind of long. So. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it was like the actual shooting and like, damn, this is way different than Left 4 Dead where you can just unload on a zombie. And- right. It's, it's <laughs> not like Left 4 Dead, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So. so I was like, actually, like, damn, this is like, there's like danger involved. And, but that's that's the game, though. Yep. That's 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 the experience of Resident Evil. Or at least it was the back then. Right. Like you had to conserve your bullets. You had to conserve your safety. You know. Mm-hmm. You had to like, oh shit, can I grab this item, or should I? Do I got enough space, or should I keep the herb, or what? You know. You had to like make those decisions. Where now you got like endless amount of, you know, you can <laughs> like Call of Duty. You're mm-hmm. walking around with a missile launcher, right. five <laughs> rifles, all these knives. And you're at full speed like Barry Allen, yeah. jumping, shooting you got, people. Yeah, you got a robot, like a bomb robot up your ass, and <laughs> <laughs> a drone, grenades, and like, oh. like <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, twenty grenades. <laughs> 
Yeah. So I'm just, I'm just curious how this game is going to sell and how people are going to reset it. Like I said, this is for a younger crowd that probably weren't even born when the first game came out. Yeah. But I just want to see how they gravitate to this game because it's completely different than what they normally play. Yeah, and that's the thing. is like this is back when I had time to play. You right. Know, time to play games. I thought, oh, yeah, that sounds cool. Resident Evil 2, one of my all-time favorite games. But then playing this demo, I was like, oh, yeah, this this is what this is. This, is, this, this game's long. <laughs> right, and that's just 30 minutes. <laughs> yeah, and that was just 30 minutes. Like, damn, I got to go find this, this, and that. But I did. I remember playing through it. Like, once I beat it, I played through it a couple times. And, like, I unlocked the hunk, you know, the, the SWAT dude, his character, and, like, never beat that level because that was just too crazy. It wasn't there the tofu where you can play that tofu. Um, I think so. Yeah. And then he had Ada Wong on there. and Yeah. Yeah. Then, yeah. Then he had the second disc where you saw her her story or whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I remember like one day, like one day, I, me and my brother, I had the, I had the walkthrough and I showed, I just told him what to do. And mm-hmm. it took us about four hours. So, so we just sat there all day playing it, you know. <laughs> and like I said, it was, it's, it's going to be different. We're going to see how it goes. Like I said, it drops uh the end of this month. So yeah, we'll pick it up and kind of go from there. Oh uh, yeah. Let, let's actually move to the comic book section now. We kind of, I don't know if we're running behind time or we'll just, Talking shit or whatever. Before we actually get into the comic book comic book section, I want to do a, a announcement that Comicsology Unlimited finally has DC Comics on there now. Which oh, okay. yeah, which I don't know why it took them so long to do. So now, if you get uh, Comics Unlimited, which I think is still five ninety nine, you get some Marvel comics and you get DC comics on there. They have a pretty decent selection on there. To be honest with you, Watchmen is on there. So okay. I'm thinking about actually, you know, just rereading that. It's been a while since I read that. Uh, and just seeing what else is on there. So, yeah, I'm going to peruse, you know, and seeing what DC Comics on there. Some older stuff on there, too, was pretty cool. Uh, yeah, now we can actually get into the comic books and what we actually talked about. And I know we've been talking, talking, talking. But, uh, Eli, how we do? You go first, I go first. I think you got more books than I do. All right. Yeah, I guess I can go first. Yeah, I'll, I'll let you go first now. I'll... I'll um, I guess I'll just to get get this out of the way. This is the I'll get the the big thing out of the way. <laughs> okay, I don't know what that is. So okay. I'll start. Yeah, well I'll start out with Turok. Oh, just because I got, I got why did I completely forget you said that? Okay. <laughs> I know you don't want to do, but I'm like yes, more Turok. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, I already. I mean, we kind of discussed this on uh, on Geek Sabs the other night, um, but I guess it's since it's comic books and it's one of the ones I read this week, I figured, you know, hey, well, the, I'll, 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 I'll try to condense it on this one. So, so this is Turok number one from Dynamite Comics. Uh, I guess another reboot of an old character from, was it the 40s, 50s? Was he Turok, Son is of he? Stone? Or I, I, I didn't know. I know him from the 90s. I didn't know he was that old. Yeah, I guess he was. He started out as a comic book or whatever. Uh, and then, of course, the, the video game in the 90s. Nintendo 64. And I guess wasn't there a PS3 game too that came out a few years back? I don't okay. remember that. I remember the N64 game, and some people said it might have been better than Goldeneye. I don't know. It was kind of like whatever. Yeah, my brother loved it. My brother loved that game. <laughs> so, um, so I grabbed it, you know, just because I felt obligated to <laughs> to pick up this quote unquote Native American character, you know, <laughs> <laughs> you know, as a Native American uh, nerd. There aren't many native characters in comics, so I gotta I gotta take what I can get. So, um, I mean, I've always I've always had an issue with Turok as a character. Um, 
I find him to be a problematic, you know, just as just as far as perpetuating stereotypes, you know, feathers, buckskin, leather. Does, does he throw a tomahawk? He's air, bows and arrows. Okay. <laughs> yeah, that's my biggest pet peeve. The Indian guy never gets a gun, you know. <laughs> Wait, but but he had guns in the uh in the game. I don't remember. I don't <laughs> in, in the game. Now, I don't know about the comics, but I know he. I thought he was shooting crossbows. He did, but he also got like guns and rocket launchers and all kind of shit. He had like everything. Okay. Yeah. But, yeah, but even like they, like on GI Joe, like Spirit, he had a crossbow. You know, all they they got all this modern technology, and they gave the Indian guy two sticks and a string, <laughs> right? And and a bird. <laughs> <laughs> but but yeah, he was you know it, you know he just perpetuated that stereotype: the noble savage, the romantic myth of the old West, feathers and leathers and. You know, and when it comes to Native Americans in, in the media, we're kind of stuck in the 1800s. You know, we're hardly ever portrayed in modern times. So here comes Turok, an Indian that hunts dinosaurs. You know, <laughs> right. <laughs> kind of makes them, makes Natives look like cavemen. You know what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> it's like we don't exist in modern contemporary times. And right. It just kind of promotes, yeah. Probably promotes like they plucked idea. him out of the 1800s to fight dinosaurs or something, you know. Yeah, it's like, you know, it just, just promotes this idea that we're invisible, we're hardly recognized, we're dismissed, and, like, you got Turok fighting dinosaurs. It kind of makes Indians look like we're extinct, you know. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you know, so, yeah, I mean, yeah, you got Jason Momoa, you know, racially ambiguous. Oh, well, he's not white, he's not black, that's good enough. Well, he's native. They can't even say that. I don't don't make the rules. I don't make the rules. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) You know, so, um, so, yeah, I always kind of found Turok to be kind of lame. That's just me. I mean, that's just me. I know there's some native fans that, that actually like him. I actually, I belong to a Native American comic book group and I posted about it and actually Jeffrey Verigi, um, he's a Native American comic book artist. He did one of the variant covers. Okay. He actually thanked me. He actually reposted because um, I pu- I took a picture of the of his variant cover. I said like, I picked up the new Turok with the uh, Jeffrey Varaghi variant cover, and he actually thank you for picking up my cover. Blah 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 blah. It was great to work on this series. And he just you know, mm-hmm. and so there are Native Americans that do like this character, and I'm not gonna you know shit on them. For so like, let, let me take know. this a step further. Do you think some Native Americans see Turok as a power fantasy? I think that's what it is, you know, mm-hmm. you know, because I got to admit there's, you know, stupid Native American movies that I like that other that other natives think that's a fucking racist piece of crap, you know. <laughs> <laughs> so I can't sh- I mean, and but that just goes to show, you know, how much how misrepresented Native Americans are in the media. Right. So that we have to sort of scrape the bottom of the barrels at these problematic characters you know what i mean Mm -hmm. so because like my like i said my brother loved him my brother loved this character he loved the game he thought oh it's an indian guy fighting dinosaur that's awesome you know so with that in mind i even though i had issues i tried to keep an open mind and take an unbiased look at this book you know what i mean Mm -hmm. um and like always natives just kind of have to put our disappointments aside and just say say fuck it let's just go with it and so that's what I kind of did. <laughs> yeah, it, it's kind of like, you know, you're in the desert. Somebody gives you water, you complain because there's no icing, you know. Yeah, I mean, I know it's not going to be an accurate representation of Native Americans. I know it's a fantasy. I know it's a dude fighting dinosaurs. and sh- I know this is all make-believe. <laughs> right. So in that sense, it's not really Native. There's nothing Native about it. 
when I think about it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, this is just all make believe, you know? So with that mindset, this book isn't that bad. It's, it's a quite simple story. Um, of course it takes place in the old West. Wow. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> you know, of course it does. <laughs> um, and it's got just these cavalry soldiers. They have a Turok's brother captive. And Turok comes in with his bow and arrows and arrows up a couple of the cavalry soldiers and rescues his brother. And the rest of the story is just a chase. You know, the you know Turok is being chased by the cavalry. And then they find uh, this portal to another dimension. And they walk through it. And it's the land of the lost. It's dinosaur, a dinosaur world. Mm-hmm. And that's just kind of to be continued. And that's pretty much all it is. It's just a, you know, it's just a simple effective comic book adventure nothing groundbreaking you know dinosaurs cowboys and indians you know why not it's a comic book (laughs) but but a dinosaur (laughs) does show up he does kill a dinosaur right yeah okay cool yeah there's actually a yeah yeah there's dinosaurs in it um okay i mean there's nothing wrong with the book it's well done the art is really good um it's just you know you know i just get it off my chest it's the year of black panther yeah you know you know, we have this oh, big and, cultural. And Miles Morales. Yeah, Miles Morales, fucking Luke Cage. I mean, this big cultural event, you know, this milestone for the black community that, you know, broke barriers as far as diversity in comic book movies and shit. And we're seeing this great representation of people in color or people of color in, in, in pop culture and shit. But for natives, we're still kind of getting the short end of the stick. You know, we still have characters like Turok, these stereotypical Indian characters, you know, from the olden days, wearing feathers and buckskin, stuck in the Stone Age, literally stuck in the Stone Age, (laughs) you know. Um, So it would have been cool if, like, a native writer got to write this book, you know, took a crack at it. Right, and that's the thing. Like, that's where Black Panther really took off when he started putting black writers. I mean, hey, I hate to say that, but that's what happened. Yeah, I mean, You know, he was an afterthought. Yeah, like Black Panther, Luke Cage, you know. I mean, you had black creators working on these characters, and the black community sort of embraced them. They made them their own, you know. Milestone, um, same way. Yeah, um, and that's the thing is, like, when when it comes to Native Americans in comics or just in pop culture in general, it's always somebody else telling the story. It's always somebody else's version of natives, you know. Right. It's a non-native perspective of Native Americans. So it would be cool to have natives – you know, start telling their own stories, you know? Right. Um, you know, and I just like, it would like, it would be cool to see like, take characters like Turok or Warpath or Danny Moonstar, you know, these lame ass native characters that I thought were stupid. Powwow Smith, you know, right. (laughs) (laughs) Rip Claw, Shaman's Tears, you know, spirit from GI Joe, Mm -hmm. you know, and get native artists and writers to, to take on these stories. And, and maybe the the Native American community would embrace and reclaim these characters for their own. You know, yeah. it'd be I mean, cool they've been trying to make Red Wolf the new Black Panther for the longest. You know, yeah, and, and it sucks. It's it's <laughs> really bad. <laughs> like you don't even know well, if he's like really talking to ancestors. Or he's just like high on drugs the whole time. You don't know. What yeah, and that, and he and they he went through a time warp. Like even he, <laughs> like that whole cop. Like he started out in the eighteen hundreds, and then he goes into. The, the modern time he gets through he goes through a portal so he's still he's like a an olden indian in modern times and you got okay. kids that in the book there's kids taking cell hey check it out it's an indian you know <laughs> like he's a dinosaur like they're seeing bigfoot <laughs> you know right 
Yeah, so it would just be cool to see, uh, you know, you know, natives just take on some of these characters. It would have been cool to see a native writer on this book, and you know, because when you see, when you have that diversity in the creative team, then you get a different perspective, and a new perspective keeps things fresh. It keeps art fresh, the stories fresh. So, right, you know, so that's all I yearn for. That's all. I mean, I mean all it, in it, all, it's a, it's a good thing, you know, to go for. It. I mean, you got a writer. Hopefully, they get a writer that's not talking about something they heard and talking about from what they know, you know, from the heart. That's you can tell the difference when you when you're yeah. reading. I mean, that's what art is. Yeah, and I'm not going to shit on Ron Mars. I mean, he wrote a bunch of classic stories from our youth, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, for Marvel and DC. So yeah, he wrote the women in refrigerator stories. So <laughs> big up to him. Right. So, so yeah, I mean, it's it, it's fine for what it is. Um, I give it a three out of five. It didn't, you know, I'm didn't make me a fan of Torak, uh, nor did it make me want to shit all over Torak. It's just, it's just a, you know, a standard comic book adventure with a fantasy type of Indian. You know, <laughs> that's all it is. So. Okay. Um, so that's all I got for Turok. So you want to move on? <laughs> okay. Yeah. I I don't know how I can follow behind that, but okay. Uh, I'm gonna just start with Young Justice number one. Uh, okay. Easy breezy story. Uh, basically, they go to this other planet called the. They start with the other planet called the Gym World, and they're basically saying that. And oh, by the way, this is written by Brian Michael Bendis. You know, uh, so they go to the Gym World. The Gym World is saying that every time the Earth go, they the Earth keep going through these things called a crisis, and it has seven of these crises. And every time the Earth goes through a crisis, it affects every single thing in the universe, including our planet, even though we have nothing to do with what they're doing. So every time they get affected, we get affected, and we have to do something to stop the Earth from attacking us because they're blaming them for the crisis. So come back to Earth. We go to Metropolis. You got this uh, this this girl who's from Dripping Falls, Texas, you know, basically Southern Hick or whatever. She's driving a pickup truck, and she got a shotgun in the background. She gets stopped by the police, and, you know, she... uh you know, gets into it with the police, but then these aliens from the gym world pop up and she grabs a shotgun, starts shooting shit at them, but she realized she got like some magic bullets and shit hitting them. And then the cop asks you, who are you? And the girl says, I am Jenny Hex. So Jenny Hex. Jenny Hex, right. So obviously she has something to do with Jonah Hex, you know. So while she's fighting these aliens, all of a sudden Robin pops up and she's like, what the hell? Like, you're Robin? You're like, yeah, I'm one of them. You know, so Robin starts fighting with Jenny Hex. Uh, next thing you know, Impulse pops up out of nowhere because he just happens to be there. And then Impulse recognizes which Robin is. Apparently, this Robin is Tim Drake. And Impulse, yes, this Impulse is Bart Allen. So they're fighting and they're teaming up with each other. And then Wonder Girl pops up <laughs> for no fucking reason because she actually met Tim uh, Tim Drake there a day before. So she starts fighting the aliens. And then all of a sudden, uh, this green hand comes out of nowhere, slams one of the aliens down. They turn around and it's Teen Lantern. We never okay. see what Teen he or she looks like. Yeah, Teen Lantern. What color are they? Are they they never show they never show her, it, him, whatever. So we don't know. It's just they just like it in this giant green lit robot, you know. So we don't know what they look like. Uh so Impulse is talking to Tim Drake and he's like, Are we back? Are we back? Is the uh Young Justice team together again? They're like, No, we can't be the Young Justice team without Connor. And before they do that, the aliens uh Strike, strike them with lightning, and obviously they get teleported somewhere else, maybe to another planet. Looks like another, another planet. Uh, Tim Drake wakes up, and he has a sword in his throat by some girl named Amethyst. Amy, I, I don't know. I could, I can't pronounce the name. Anyway, she's gonna join the team 
do something also. Uh, Impulse wakes up. He turns around. He says, oh, my God, it's you. And he looks up, and it's Superboy, the kind of Kent version of Superboy. And he looked at him. First off, we're going to get out of here, but you got to tell me how. He's like, what, tell you how? What, how I got here? Like, no, tell me how you grew that beard because he got, like, a little 5 o'clock shadow, stuff like that. And that's the book. Uh, this is pretty much run-of-the-mill superhero team one-on-one. You've read these stories a billion times if you've been reading comics as long as I've had. Uh, 3.5 out of 5. It's paint by numbers. Check the boxes. Yeah, whatever. Okay. Yeah. Cool. Like, yeah. Not as cool as the show? <laughs> oh, hell no. Not as cool as the show. <laughs> but the show did kind of sell me on picking this book up for some reason. So. All right. All right, cool. All right, uh, since we're doing DC, I will do Batman Kings of Fear number six. Um, so this has been great. Um, the last issue was really good too. This was one really good, but um, I meant to, I think we, I think was it Aquaman that came out or maybe Spider-Man? Okay. I think I meant to talk about the last issue, but I think we, it was one of our movie episodes where we just, we didn't just do comics. It, yeah. So, um, but, uh, but basically Kings of Fear um scarecrow escapes from uh arkham asylum batman's chasing him um they have a face-off batman gets dosed with some fear toxin and for the most of the most of the uh story he's tripping out he's all fucked up from the fear toxin he's reliving his uh past his traumas all his fear scarecrow is just fucking with them uh the last issue he show Scarecrow uh, is all in his head, just fucking with them, and he's like, "I'm gonna show you a Gotham without Batman," you know. And he shows him Got- Gotham is just this nice, pretty city, um, and kind of just gives him a, a glimpse into what life would have been like had Batman never existed. And he shows him the lives of all of his rogues galleries, um, the villains. They all turn. They didn't turn into villains without Batman. Um, Selena Kyle, Catwoman, she becomes like an advocate for uh, runaway youth and battered women. Um, Two Face, you know, gets his gets some plastic surgery, and becomes like a, you know, a senator, <laughs> you know. Oh, wow. uh, uh, Scarecrow becomes like a, uh, like a very well known doctor uh, of medicine and develops this. Uh, treatment for schizophrenia, the Joker, he becomes an expert profile for the FBI. So he's just showing, Scarecrow is just showing Batman, like, yeah, without you, life would be awesome. Um, and Batman is just sort of, you know, questioning his existence, his purpose. Kind of like what you always said, that, you know, if Batman, you know, didn't dress up as Batman, if he, you know, he could do more good as Bruce Wayne, kind of that idea. Okay. So we're seeing that. Um and uh, Batman's just like, you know, basically having a breakdown. Uh, Gordon comes in and saves him. Um, and uh, this issue is basically Batman is uh, bringing Scarecrow into Arkham. You know, and he's like really, you know, basically questioning why I do this. What, what's this all for? I don't do any good. He brings uh, Scarecrow into Arkham and he meets this uh, doctor there. She's like a doctor of, in, one of the, in, in Arkham. And she goes, oh, I've never met you, but I've always wanted to thank you because uh, you do a lot of good. You know, I know you coming in here and all these motherfuckers, all, you know, Joker and Scarecrow and all your rogues gallery. I know they never get better and you're always fighting them, but you also do a lot of good because you actually turn the lives around of other criminals. These guys suck. 
but <laughs> you actually turn a lot of criminals' lives around, you know. And I've seen the reports, and she starts telling this story about one one guy. He worked for for the Riddler, and you foiled one of his jobs and scared that guy. Basically, scared him straight. He ended up getting his degree, and he ended up getting married, and he had a happy life, and he went straight. And that guy is my husband, and now we have a beautiful daughter, all because of you, you know. Nice. And Batman's like, "Damn, okay." So <laughs> Batman goes home. Alfred's like, "What's up, man? You look down." And Batman's just like, "Yeah, man, Scarecrow really got to me, man. He's really making me question why I do this, and maybe Batman." Should have never happened. Maybe I've wasted my whole life. And Alfred goes, okay, you know what? I'll be lying if I saying I never wished you fucking ever became Batman. Like every night you go out and I, I'm scared shitless until you come back. I don't know if you're ever going to come back, you know. Um, but I would, But it would be off in vain if you didn't because I will risk it all. I will continue to do this if I didn't think you weren't doing any good, you know? So I can, I, one of his lines, I got like, he's like, I can tolerate a lot of shit. I can tolerate all the bullshit you put me through every night, but I'm not going to tolerate you fucking questioning yourself. or you not thinking you're doing any good? Oh, wow. Okay. <laughs> so, and it's a, with that good night, sir. And he kind of just stomps out <laughs> on, on Batman. And, Bat, and Batman just kind of chilling in the Batcave. And then all of a sudden you hear the police scanner go on, you know, request backup immediately, whatever in progress. And then he jumps in the Batmobile and takes off. And that's the end of the story. Dun, 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 yeah. And I just like, this is like, to me, this was awesome. This was like, this is like a classic Batman story. This is like, gonna, I think it's like right up there with like Hush and Year One and Dark Knight Returns and shit. Oh, damn. Okay. You know, it's, it's like, because, you know, it's always fun. When you get into the psyche of Batman and his motivations and stuff, mm-hmm. so this really delves into that idea and and makes him question why he did this and is he actually doing any good, you know? So it was cool to see that it was almost like a, a like a Christmas Carol in a way, you know, where Scrooge, you know, or it's a wonderful it's a, life, right? What, yeah, like, yeah. Would it be? Yeah. If he wasn't around. Yeah, yeah, and it 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 was really cool. Like you know, especially at the end, the whole. Alfred's monologue is just fucking great at the end. So I was like, hell yeah. So yeah, I give it a five out of five. This is just a great arc, you know, six okay. issues, miniseries. So it was cool. Okay. Definitely check that out. Uh, what book I got next? Uh, Justice League 15. Okay. Uh, like I said, I've just been jumping back in this book, so I'm trying to catch up with what's going on. Uh, basically what happened, the book starts off with the Trinity, you know, Batman, Superman, Wonder Woman, uh, fighting Starman because Starman is about to go nuclear and about to blow up like a whole bunch of shit or maybe the entire planet or something like that. So before they can stop Starman, they cut to Thanagar. And Thanagar, we have, uh, actually we have the Queen of the Hawk people, who is Shaira, you know, if you remember that name is from the Just League Unlimited cartoon. And she has Kater Hall, one of the main guards of the Hawkman, beating the shit out of Hawk Girl. And he and Shaira is telling Hawk Girl any last words before I destroy you, before I tell him to kill you. And she's like, please don't do it. And right before Cater Hall is about to do it, uh, Hawk Girl turns into a regular Hawk Man. And she's like, oh, damn, Martian Man had to put like a little, you know, glamour on us that made us think Hawk Girl was there. But really, she's been gone the entire time. He's been fooling us. Go find him. So apparently we cut to Hawk Girl, Martian Man Hunter and John Stewart 
are on the run trying to get, escape the hawk people you know because they're on their planet thanagar they go to some little area that martian manhunt has been because martian manhunt has been hiding out in thanagar for like years or months or something like that so he knows the entire layout of everything he's like look we're here for one thing and we're here to get this ancient artifact that's at the center of the earth of uh, the center of thanagar and if we get it we can you know stop the legion of doom but we're gonna really break into this so basically this whole thing plays out like a heist the whole thing marsh manhood break down what we got to do okay in order to get down there they in this thing uh this place calls the rogue gallet they're surrounded by nothing but hawk people the hawk people know every single person that's there you have to apply to even go to there and it takes about six or seven years before they even respond back to you and you have to offer something to them you have to pay like a huge sum to even grant access into it to even see the thing so like how are we going to get in there and, and and the whole time john john stewart's like maybe we shouldn't do this maybe we should call for backup because breaking and enter is kind of like against the green Lantern code i'm a cop so maybe it's something we shouldn't do but he goes along with it anyway because they think it's for the good because they're trying to they're based on a rescue mission so they don't have to get in there but okay remember uh that cw crossover the dominators those guys no okay. i don't think I watched okay that. well anyway those guys pop up the dominators are there uh they're talking to the hawk people they offer they say the the hawk people are like okay what do you have to offer to give us oh we got something special for you we have kryptonite because apparently kryptonite is the most expensive uh metal on the planet like it's, i mean on the in the universe that you can sell because everybody wants to kill superman so like we'll sell you kryptonite if you grant us access to the the center of the earth to uh, center of the canadian article do that so they look at the big kryptonite thing. They take the Dominators and the kryptonite down to the center of Thanagar. It's taking about hours to do it. And once they get down to the center, the kryptonite turns, uh, explodes, and it's John Stewart, Martian Manhunter, and Hawk Girl. Because apparently, John Stewart knows how to make kryptonite with the Green Lantern ring. So they fight the shit out of the Hawk people. The Hawk people fight each other. Shaira fights the other Hawk Girl that we know. And the fight stops because apparently. The Green Lantern Corps shows up, led by Kilowog, telling them, what the hell are y'all doing down here? John Stewart, stand down, hand over your ring, and, uh, and give me the ring until we find out what's going on. John's like, no, we can't do that. And so, while they're doing that, Martian Manhunter sneaks in, finds out exactly what's going on in there. And uh, he meets, like, the, another white Martian that's in there, and she's tied to some, I can't remember the name of the thing, it's Hallucinocron or some shit. Anyway, they can, it houses all the the history of Thanagar, but somehow if you put a white Martian in there or a green Martian in there, it can actually make the thoughts into reality what they did to like remake Thanagar even though it was already exploded. So uh the book ends on a cliffhanger, but I can't remember what it was. Oh well. Yeah. Uh book three point five out of five. It was cool that they did a twist with a uh you know, a twist with that thing with the way made it like a heist. That was pretty cool. Yeah. More just leak, I guess. Okay. Cool, cool. All right. Well, uh, all I got is Marvel left, so I'll jump on to Marvel. Let's see. I'll do. I'll do Django Fett. So okay. Django. Django. Um. So Star Wars: Age of Republic. Um. They've been doing these one shots, uh, of these like little character studies. We've had. uh, We've had. I got the Darth Maul. I know they did. Um. uh, Qui Gon Jinn. They did an Obi Wan. Um, and now uh, they got Django Fett. Uh, it's just a one-shot little glimpse into uh, uh, Django's life. Um, and this was really cool. I thought I really dug on this. Um, we got Django Fett on a job, and he's showing Boba Fett, his son, the ropes. 
So he takes Boba Fett on this mission, this heist, and um, just to show Boba Fett how uh, how to be a badass, badass bounty hunter. Um, and that's pretty much all it is. It's that's it's it's just uh, highlighting Jango Fett's badassery. You know him working with criminals and you know doing dirt and you know giving those lessons to Boba. You know we see little kid Boba Fett get down too. He actually sh- kills somebody oh, wow. as a kid. It's pretty pretty gnarly. Um, it reminds me of a uh, lone wolf and cup. You know, <laughs> okay. you know the badass with his son. You know walking around the you know. The, the, the criminal underworld, you know, doing dirt and shit. And this was just a lot of fun. The art is great. You know, like we were saying, <laughs> it's a Star Wars book, so the art is awesome. You know? <laughs> right. You know, the rest of their regular books are shit. <laughs> yeah. And the story was really cool. It's just a one-shot uh, book. It's just, you know, it's, it's a lot of fun. So four out of five, you know. Django okay. Fett. <laughs> oh, Django, Django. Okay. Uh, last book I got. And this is, this is my book of the week. Okay. This book was actually pretty awesome. It was a uh, it was Green Lantern number three. Okay. Okay. So I should probably start reading again. Yeah. I mean, I don't. I know. read the I, first issue. I didn't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Th- this book was, and, and here's the thing: it's written by Grant Morrison. Uh, for mm-hmm. anybody who knows Grant Morrison, you know that when you read a Grant Morrison book, you're about to get mind fucked. <laughs> and, and this is no different. <laughs> so, yeah. So basically, how the book starts off is that it actually is a, a an auction going on. It's like a space auction with the most evil criminals in the entire universe are sitting at this auction ready to buy planets because they have stole planets and they have shrunk them down to minuscule size and they're going to just give them to these you know insane criminals and the the guy name is i think door i can't remember his name is some kind of weird alien name and door is like okay i'm here to auction off earth because apparently he has shrunk earth kidnapped earth and is selling earth in this auction to these evil criminals and he starts, I'm going to open up the bid at 5000 Who's got 5000 And everybody's bidding. And the first person to put up the highest bid is Steppenwolf. Steppenwolf, like, I'm, I want Earth for dark side to give him the dark side. Because if I don't, he's going to, you know, flail me alive. And the counter bid against him is those Dominators that I was thinking about in, in the other Justice League books. So it's more Dominators popping up. So Steppenwolf and Dominators are going back and forth. And Steppenwolf like, y'all stop bidding before I kill all of you. And they keep bidding anyway. And apparently, they both, they, they all get outbidded by... God, okay. God, yeah, or at least somebody that looks like God. He shows up, you know, white beard, shepherd, the whole thing. And as we did, he calls himself the shepherd. He was like, he puts up so much money that nobody can outbid him. He's like, I'm taking the earth for myself, and it's mine. It is because I'm going to tend to my flock. So when he takes the earth and they end the auction, then Hal Jordan takes his own Green Lantern squad with him. And they, you know, stop. Okay, everybody's under arrest. You're doing planet trafficking. That's illegal in this sector or this galaxy. So everybody's going to jail. And then everybody tries to get going. And then Dora's private bodyguard or some other pink lanterns or whatever, they fight the green lanterns. They fight back and forth. While they're doing that, Hal Jordan has a conversation with God. You know, you can't have Earth. And he tells them, uh, you bought Earth illegally through planet trafficking. That's against the rule. That's against the law. You can't do that. He's like, well, I bought it fair and square. I mean, it may be illegal, but I talked to the people of Earth, and they were actually fine with it. He was like, wait, what? Yeah, yeah, the people of Earth are fine with me because I said I was going to fix everything for them. I was going to clean up the ozone layer. I was going to fix all the bacteria, uh, <laughs> fix pollution. It's God like Don Corleone. He's just <laughs> <laughs> basically he's got all the money and shit. <laughs> yeah, he's got more. He's got more money than God. So. <laughs> 
<laughs> so yeah, so the shepherd just tells them, I already talked to everybody on earth. Everybody is fine with me buying them and me being, you know, everybody under me. And he's like, Hold on, okay, let me find what's going on. So so Hal Jordan, you know, flies down or he likes to takes a little mini school version of himself to Hal Jordan. Okay. Remember the movie, remember Taiki Wat Watiki, whatever his name is, his character? In the in the Green Lantern movie? Yeah. No. <laughs> okay. Anyway, his character is from the comics. He talked to his character. Okay. So he okay. goes down there, flat flies to his character, talked to him. He was like, "Okay, what the hell is going on down here, Tom?" And he's telling him, "Yeah, that guy that just bought us, he gave us all superpowers." Like, wait, what? Yeah. So he he's riding a motorcycle, puts the motorcycle up over his head. He's like, "Yeah." He said, "If he would go with him, he's gonna give everybody superpowers." And then he starts flying around and zipping around. He was like, "Yeah." So every, everybody on Earth can do this now. So, yeah, we're fine with him buying us. We know it's illegal, but we don't care. And then he actually talks to, like, the UN. Hal Jordan talks to the UN. He was like, uh, yeah, Hal Jordan, we're fine with this. We're okay. He was like, look, I just did some digging on this shepherd. He's not God. He just made himself look like God to just to fool you because it makes it easier for you guys to believe everything he's saying. He actually looks like this, and he shows his ring, and it's like this huge-looking demon. You know, that just made himself look like God for them. And he's like, yeah, this demon's going to eat you. You know, and they're like, well, how Jordan, this is 2019. We don't judge what people look like anymore. I don't know what you're thinking. You know, they're like, did I hear what you're saying? This guy's going to eat you. He's only giving you superpowers because he wants the worth to, you know, populate itself so much that in a thousand years, he wants to be a fat flavor so he can eat the planet. They're like, well, a thousand years? We're cool with that. We're okay. Like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. We get superpowers now. He can eat us now. That we'll be dead by then. Like yeah, but your grandparents, your grandkids will have their problem. Well, that's their problem, you know. So Hal Jordan's like, okay, this shit is going crazy. I'm arresting everybody. You're all coming with me. And when Hal Jordan says that, everybody in on the planet Earth starts throwing shit, saying, "You suck, Hal Jordan. You fucking fascist. Green Lantern sucks." Green Lantern sucks. Everybody's saying it. Like, <laughs> right, basically. <laughs> That's what everybody's saying. It's like, Hal Jordan, like, wait, what the fuck? So he he decides to fight, you know, that demon that looks like God. They get to fight, and he beats the shit out of him, because Hal Jordan's fucking pissed right now. Uh, he beats up the other uh, Pink Lanterns that were beating the hell out of his own team. And then he finds that other ship that they were trafficking with other people in there. He finds, like, a whole bunch of, like, slaves in that ship. You know, and they're just like, kill me. I can't make it. And Hal Jordan's fucking pissed. And then Dor, that slave trader, was telling him, you know the rules of the universe. Only the strong survives. The strong preys on the weak, and the weak dies. And Hal Jordan looks at him like, okay, so which one are you? And then he forms a bunch of knives with his Green Lantern ring and kills him. Out of no fucking where. And then the other Green Lantern squad looks at Hal Jordan like, what the fuck? And Hal Jordan like, what? That was self-defense. He had a weapon on. Right? <laughs> so y'all clean this shit up and let's go. And that's how the book ends. <laughs> I was like, okay, that was fucked up. So this is a really trippy book. Like I said, Grant Morrison mind fucks everybody again. Uh, it was kind of simple compared to what my Grant Morrison usually does. But like, even if the guy was God, that sounds like something God would do because he probably will kill us all in a thousand years. Except he didn't <laughs> give us superpowers, so I don't it's know. Not, it's got I, no. I really dig like this. This is there's a lot of commentary going on. <laughs> it <that>. really is. <laughs> <laughs> It sounds interesting. I, I got to start reading these again. So. Yeah, I, I got to go back to the first issue and catch up with this again because it, it's it's a really trippy book. He's not doing like the slam bam blockbuster. He's doing a Green Lantern book that's like he he's saying something with this book. So it, it's yeah. insane. 
Uh, I'm gonna give it a four point five out of five. It was it was trippy. That's all I can say about this book. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna let you go if you got anything else. Uh, well, I guess I'll go with uh, Miles Morales, Spider Man number two. Okay. And this is cool. This is just, this is just cool. This is a lot of fun. Miles Morales, Spider Man, uh, teaming up with the Rhino, trying to go after those uh, the human trafficking. That they're kidnapping these uh, immigrant kids. So there's a lot of political commentary right there. You can read it too if you'd like to. Okay. Um, and it's just it's just yeah, it's just a cool team up with Miles and the Rhino uh, taking on uh, this 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 criminal ring and is re- revealed to be led by uh, 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 Tombstone. Tombstone's okay. uh, Tombstone's back. Okay. Yeah, Tombstone's back, and he actually looks really wicked. He looks less like a zombie and actually like an albino. He actually looks creepier because you know they always made him look like a zombie. You know what I mean? Right. Like a Frankenstein. Yeah, you with know? the sharp teeth and stuff. Yeah. He actually looks. He has more human features, and I'm gonna say, wow, he's looking really wicked. Um. So yeah. Um. Uh. They, they run into Captain America at the end. Like, hey. Need some help? And that's what it says to be continued. So Rhino, Miles Morales, and Cap. Gonna on the cover of the next issue. So <laughs> okay. a lot of fun. Just a fun story. Art was really cool. I give it a four out of five. Um, yeah, that's about all I got. I mean, I read The Punisher, number six is also cool. Continues to be awesome. Um, I won't go into much, but it's uh, Punisher in prison. And okay. just just Beating the shit out of people, doing Punisher shit. You're um, locked in here so, with me. Kind of like this scene on uh, season two of Daredevil. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, just really cool book. Punisher is just really good these days, and I'm doing about it. So. so yeah, that's all I got. Cool. Uh, yeah. Uh, like I said, we ran through a lot of books, more books than we normally did, and we had a lot of other stuff going on. But yeah, like I said, it, I, it was a lot of stuff going on. Uh, I think doesn't Punisher drop next week? The show? I think so. Oh, I, okay. <laughs> I don't know. I haven't paid attention to it. it. It may or may not. I don't know. Deadly Class comes on. Um, I got to read. My kid's been reading that book, and he's excited. Okay, what is that? Show. It's an image book. Deadly. The, the Russo brothers are actually producing it. Um, oh, wow. It's okay. a, it's a, it, was a book, it was a book from Image, like uh, these kids that are going to this high school that for hitmen or whatever, for assassins. Oh, damn. Kind of like, uh, what's that movie? Want it? Sure. Yeah, I guess that. Yeah, I guess that's. I mean, I haven't read it. He's he's got like actually a few of the trades. He's into it, so he's excited about it. I want to try and read the books before the show comes on. So okay. um, hopefully that's cool. But yeah, it's the Russos. It's on the Sci-Fi Channel. So I'll see if I can get my hands on that. Uh, yeah. Other than that, yeah. Let's. Uh, if if you listen to it this long, <laughs> yeah, definitely like, share, and subscribe. Uh, we have our sister podcast, Geek Sav. We have uh, This Geeks and Comics. We have Comic Cast, which pretty much, they did the same books we did also. We'll see what they say about it. Uh, oh, yeah. Did you hear what they said about Conan? They, they shit it on the book. Well, what actually, the they, like, they liked it. They all liked it, but they're not going to continue reading it. <laughs> I thought they kind of hated the book when I, when I remember listening to it. They're all like, yeah, we like this book. We're not going to read it, though. We're not going to pick up the next issue. Yeah, we're gonna still we're gonna pick up Fantastic Four though. <laughs> <laughs> well, the thing is, Conan is kind of like right up our alley, you know. <laughs> yeah. Blood, yeah. tits, you know. <laughs> we like this book, but we're not gonna read any more of them. <laughs> <laughs> You're like, okay. 
keep on buying these Spider-Man and X-Men books <laughs> 20 a month that they can. And then complain about those that they buy them. <laughs> like, if the last book sucked, why would you buy the next one? <laughs> I, I swear it's uh, Fantastic Four is going to be good next issue. We swear. <laughs> or else I'm dropping it. <laughs> right. Issue 10. Like, come on, man. Uh, yeah, what other books we got? Uh, Hoodoo TV, uh, Get Valiant still hanging in there. Uh, Instruments of Destruction. After they retool, they're coming back with some new stuff. Uh, did I miss any? I got them all. Valiant? I said them. Got them all. Okay. Yeah. yeah uh, like I said, maybe Punisher there. I don't know. We'll 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 have a show for you. Whatever happens, we don't know. We'll that figure it out. Sounds like a job. <laughs> what does that feel like? A job? <laughs> like <laughs> that sounds oh, like a chore. Watch Punisher. Uh, yeah. Take out the trash. Fold laundry. Watch Punisher. <laughs> <laughs> We'll power through this. Scrub the toilet. <laughs> Fingers crossed. Maybe they mandated this 10, 10 episodes too, at least. You know, <laughs> get this shit over with. Uh, like I said, that being said, this is Leroy. Eli. We'll talk to you guys next week. Same bully time, same bully channel.